welcome to the Belper Beer Club podcast. We're four intrepid beer explorers from Derbyshire, and we thought it was about time we put out a podcast. And here it is. My name's John. My name's Sean. I'm Paul. And I'm Jamie. This time round, we've got an exclusive with Lloyd from Kreitch Brewery, probably Derbyshire's newest brewery. So for this episode of the Belper Beer Club podcast, we're up in Kreitch, which is, for those of you who don't know the geography of Derbyshire, is up on top of a hill, up above, well, I'm going to say up above Belper because it is higher than Belper. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. And um, we're joining, well, we're being joined by, or we are joining, uh, Lloyd, who is the brewer, founder... Runner, cleaner, cleaner, cleaner. Driver, <laughs> director of, of Kreitz Brewery, who is like I think is the newest brewery in our area and is already making a splash. So uh, yeah, um, Jamie, do you want to talk a bit about? Yeah, well, um, so as, as John said, uh, we are here with Kreitz, um a brewery which, in terms of beer miles, um, are, are really close to to, to Belper. It's taken us about ten minutes to drive here today. Um, they have released their first batch of beers over the last couple of months um, and they are already finding their place in the local beer scene, as John said, recently collaborating with Indie Bottle Shop uh, Beer Trap in Belper on their Pride beer, um, which was available during the Pride weekend. Um, was it last weekend, two weekends ago? Uh, last weekend, yeah. It was last yep. weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I was down there at the Pride of Belper, purchased a can, um, and I'd just like to say it was, that, that Pride beer was absolutely cracking thank you very much um, so it was, it was a delightful beer i've also been lucky enough to i've just found out tried their, their first batch of cask which was at the what stand well music festival um uh, was it stone yeah walter stonewell pale ale yeah which was brewed specifically for the festival i think that was where the name what stand well originates from mm-hmm. so they named that beer themselves oh okay and they had we had stand on as well which is our sort of flagship ipa yeah um, so, uh, Lloyd, um, if you would like to introduce yourself a bit more, we've done a bit of an introduction, um, but if you can introduce yourself and tell us about your and Crunch Brewery, uh, Brewery's journey to date. Yeah, so I've been home brewing for about 10 years, uh, and it all started uh, when we were trying to get tickets for the Nottingham Beer Festival, one back at the castle. Um, we tried for about three years running and we could never get tickets for some reason. We always left it too late. So what I did is I set up my own beer festival and basically got <laughs> loads of my friends to all brew beer. And at this point, none of us had brewed beer. I'd never done homebrew. That's a good I think, idea. I think I'd had a kit once that wasn't even like a proper kit. It was just like a sack that you poured water into. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we had it when we were at uni and it just carried on fermenting and it ended up about 20%. It was horrific. <laughs> but uh, we'd done that. And yeah, I just basically said to a load of my close friends, oh, do you want to come around for a beer festival? But there's a bit of a catch. You've got to brew some beer. So... Yeah, everyone just bought a kit <laughs> and it sort of went from there. And then we kind of drunk and he said, oh, let's, let's do this every year. And we have, we've done it every year since. Uh, and every year the kits kind of got a bit more involved and we started adding our own hops. And then it got to the point where it got quite competitive. We had, it turned into a real sort of competition. Uh, and then me and two others started going down the all grain route uh, with sort of really sort of rudimentary stuff. Like we had a big cool box as a mash ton and things. Yep. And then obviously grain fathers came out, so we scoured ebay and got a bargain grandfather and then moved on to sort of corny cakes and things and it all kind of snowballed from there really and then whenever i sort of had a few beers and whatnot i'd always say oh wouldn't it be great to sort of run a brewery wouldn't that just be the dream and i think year on year that's i've just wanted to do it more and more and it just got to the point where i thought you know what i'm, I'm just gonna do it and i priced up how much i thought it would cost yeah. <laughs> it was completely way off but <laughs> started doing it and then was kind of too far to turn back so yeah, we just sort of do it. Built a brewery, got a load of gear, and yeah. So you don't do this full time, though, do you? At the moment? No, I'm a teacher. Well, well, I was full time, but from September, I am part time as a teacher. So okay. I'm only teaching four days a week. So I've got a day a week to focus on the brewery. And the plan is that each year I'll drop a bit more teaching. Mm-hmm. So the brewery I, I, kind of grows. I've got one, uh, which I think is is obvious question to to ask Lloyd here, um, is. is but it's a question in three parts, I guess. Right. Um, the first part was, was was your beer the highlight of the beer festival? Sometimes. Are, are your, are your uh, friends that you had this beer festival, are they, are they quite base? And, and does that mean there could be a 
could be a rival Crouch Brewing <laughs> that could rise up and... and uh... Yeah, no, none of them are Crouch based. Uh, it was before I lived in Crouch. I used to live over in Brinsley. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all my friends just kind of dotted around. They're all sort of old school friends and work colleagues. Yeah. Uh, so part of the reason we did the beer festival was an excuse to kind of get everyone in the same place because mm. we all just live miles away from each other. Uh, most of them aren't brewing anymore. We'd, everyone started the first year, everyone brewed. Second year, I think everyone brewed. But then when the beer started getting better, some people started tailing yeah. off and then quite a few people sold all their gear and it ended up, I think the last beer festival where it was kind of a competition, I think I was the only one that actually brewed in it. So it was kind of, this is a bit pointless having this a competition yeah. now. But uh, yeah, I think it got to a point when the kit beers couldn't really compete with the all-grain beers and people were just brewing sort of 20 litres of stuff that no one was drinking, like driving it 200 miles and it was just <laughs> sitting there. So, <laughs> so yeah, people just kind of lost interest as in a competition side of it, really. But yeah, uh, yeah, none of them are local, so... Uh, they do they buy the beer though which is good and they taste it they come up and try it and give me very honest feedback which is good (laughs) so how many times are you brewing a week at the moment if you're saying that yeah so the original plan was to brew three days a month so it was to do like a Friday Saturday Sunday Uh, but the demand's been so high I'm just brewing as and when I kind of can but with a full time job and a family life it's got three children it makes it quite tricky to kind of do that you'd think being a teacher having a school holidays would be brilliant but I probably have less time in the school holidays mm-hmm. than when I'm actually at work so at the moment it's trying to just brew whenever I can but then there's been so many beer festivals recently and obviously things like the pride beer and all yeah. it's like well that doesn't really fit in with my schedule so I just pulled a load of all-nighters and quite often in the brewery till sort of two three in the morning <laughs> which is it's annoying but it's you know it gets it done it's not sustainable though is it so it's not no. sustainable no so I'm hoping from September Obviously, when I have my day off, I can either use that day to do the brewing, or I can still do the evenings and then use that day to clean, catch up on yeah, <laughs> clean, catch up on sleep, do the other bits and bobs that I've yeah. not got time to do because I'm sort of busy in the brewery. So, <laughs> yeah, and like I say, the plan is to just kind of drop down teaching as it goes. Uh, I'd love to just stop teaching tomorrow and do brewing mm-hmm. full time, but I've got a mortgage and a family, yeah, and it's, big it's risk a bit of a risk. Yeah, what, what, so. what do you teach? You um, most people think I teach chemistry, being brewing, but I teach design technology. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so nothing to do with brewing. Mm-hmm. But handy for fixing all the brew gear. Yeah, <laughs> we'll say handy when you're handy when you're picking up brewery. brewery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so yeah, we were quite lucky just to pop into the brewery, and yeah, it's an amazing little space. What you've done it with is, it, and yeah. how how functional it is. I mean, what's your, what's your brew length there? Two hundred liters. So oh, we, we plan to make, we aim about to make about eight hundred liters a month, something like that. Yeah. So those two hundred liters, what's your kind of representation in terms of cask, keg, and can on a typical so brew? So the bright tanks are only one hundred and twenty-five liters. So although they're a two hundred liter setup, you can only really get about one hundred and eighty liters in them. Mm-hmm. As I found out the other week when I tried to squeeze one hundred and ninety-three liters in the in the boil kettle <laughs> and it all boiled over. So I tend to do I tend to whip a cask off the top, and then. The rest goes into the bright tanks, and then we normally do two kegs and then can the rest. But again, it depends. Obviously, with the bride one, the pride one that went more into cans and things yeah. like that. So it depends what we're mm-hmm. sort of brewing for. In October, we've got loads of beer festivals, so that will pretty much just be solid casking. So, and and which one's sort of going the best? And which one's most popular? Or are you just selling all of it? Yeah, at the moment, I'm because I've got there's eight beers in the core range, so I'm trying to kind of rotate those. I found the black IPA even though it's one of my favourite beers, it was really hard to shift. Yeah. No one yeah. seems to want to buy it. Yeah, I, I, it's, yeah I, it's always been one of my favourite styles. Yeah. Uh, I love it, and I think it's a really good example of that style. But, yeah, no pubs will take it. Uh, the beer trap, take it, and that, that sold quite well there. But, yeah, most most people still yeah. I, I put it in the mix packs. When we do the, the can sales on the website, I do a mix mm-hmm. pack to try and get people to try new things. Because most people just think they just want an IPA or yeah. sometimes mm. they say oh don't, oh, not a fan of the black stuff and then they've not even tried it so yeah. Yeah. But, I mean yeah. the reviews are really good on, on tap for it so it, it has gone down well but I definitely shan't be brewing such a big batch yeah. of it next time it will be a kind of limited edition I think uh-huh. which is a shame so I, like I say I love a black IPA yeah. and you can't you can't really get them like you go to someone like the beer trap and say what black IPAs have you got you're, you're lucky to get one so mm. yeah so I found that and that was one of the first beers I launched which was bit ballsy but maybe a bit stupid yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just such a hard one isn't it because yeah. I, I I enjoy uh, a pale ale and an IPA um, and if you get a really good one uh, like the Pride then mm. then it's great but then equally you can feel like you're drinking a beer you've drunk a mm. hundred times before yeah. and, and drink a lot of whereas, whereas I'm actually with you I love a black IPA and and um, when you, when you 
it, it feels a bit of a treat having one because mm. they are relatively mm. hard to yeah. to get hold of. I mean, you know, if you go into a decent bottle shop, you'll find one. Yeah. But but going into a pub and finding a black IPA is yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, it's not often you see one under. No, no, not at all. No, not at all. Um, Crichton Brewing. Yeah. Was that the first name that, that kind of came to mind when you well, started? Uh, well, originally when I was doing the homebrew. Uh, and the beer festival and everything used to that it was all uh, called String Dog. That was my brewing company. String Dog. String Dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But obviously it's a bit too close to Brew Dog. So. No, I guess. Uh, and we thought by kind of naming it on Crouch and theming it on Crouch because it's quite a well-known place, it would people would kind of associate with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's worked really well. The people in the village, uh, nearly all the sales from the website are from people in the village. And mm-hmm. I think had we called it something different, there was nothing to do with Crouch, people probably wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. Whereas obviously as soon as they see the branding, they see the logo, they think, oh, don't know if there's a brewery in the village, I'll have to check mm. them out, kind of yeah. thing. So I think it, it's worked quite well. Yeah. And whenever you talk about it, people go, Why no crutch? Oh, the tram museum, that's where that is. Yeah. Well, also people you, associate it, so your your graphics and your your sort of branding and stuff like that is very much, you know, stand, for example, you know. Yeah, they're all so the core range is all themed on things to do with Crouch. Uh so stand is obviously based on Crouch Stand, which is what it's famous for. Then there's Ruin, which is based on Wingfield Manor, which is obviously oh, yeah, standard yeah. mode. And then Neverswan and Rising Sun, they're two old pubs that were in the village. There were seven pubs in the village. Uh, and Minor Sackers, well, that's, that's all to this. So they're all kind of locally themed. Uh, the steepers are I Walk the Dog every day, which is like a big steep kind of embankment that used to be part of the mining railway, I think, which is just over the road. So all the core range are based on things in the village. And then mm. all the other beers aren't. They're all kind of silly and stuff. But <laughs> all these ones are like the serious ones. Yeah. Mm. So in terms of your schedule then, um, you've obviously got your core range that you're trying to rotate. What, how are you bringing seasonality into what, I mean, I know you're only, you're only new, so you haven't got a full Yeah, minute. so we try and link stuff to events. Uh, so we've got a really good Christmas range coming up, which is all going to be Christmassy beers and sort of Christmassy themed designs and things. Uh, and then we've got a bonfire toffee stout coming out in November. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, just sort of throughout the year, we've got like a double chocolate Easter egg stout planned and things. So we're going to yeah. try and do kind of special editions that tie in with yeah. events and things like that. So as the recent stamp, no, I will say stamp, beer duty, meant that you're, no longer, you're not going to be brewing anything over 8.5%. Yeah, I mean, because we're so small, it doesn't really impact us much, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but the trouble is with my brew kit, because it's quite small, brewing anything much bigger than that. You don't get much many pints out of it anyway. Yeah, so, it's, so yeah. So our imperial stout we do before I brewed it. It's a ten percenter, but we're just going to scale it down just so it's a bit more to get a bit more yield, 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 like you say. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll probably just come just under, under the extra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, your web shop, obviously, that's that's something that you kind of open up one weekend every every month. Yeah, that's obviously. a licensing thing because like, we because we run the brewery from home. Uh, and we haven't got our premises license, we have to do a temporary events notice, which is basically you can have up to 21 days a year on a temporary event notice at the same place. So we open the webshop for two days a month, uh, which works quite well, to be fair, because it means we can build up the hype and it gives us time to kind of build our stock. Yeah. And then rather than delivering every other day, we just kind of do all the orders, all the packaging, all the deliveries, and it just kind of takes that sort of weekend or couple mm-hmm. of days after, and then it's all done for the next month. And then... We can focus on the brewing and other things. So actually, it works quite nice like that, I think. If it was the old order coming in all the time, mm-hmm. it'd be quite tricky to kind of manage with sort of full-time jobs. So having that weekend kind of makes it a little bit easier because the house just gets taken over with... If you can see the dining room now, it's just full of cans and <laughs> T-shirts and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, it's quite good to limit that to one weekend. So No, that yeah. makes absolute sense. And then, so... When you go full time, then would would the plan to be review that? Or you, you think that's uh, right yeah, I mean, I mean, the over sort of the, the dream really is to have sort of a tap room with a shop that's open all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. But yeah, I mean, at the moment, like I say, doing it as we're doing it, it seems to work quite well. So yeah, full time. I'd love to have a. A proper unit with a tap room and a, I mean, it's and convenient a just brilliant. walking downstairs and going out in the garden this is the make... thing yeah and I, I found it's quite intensive a lot more than doing the home I'm, I'm in there every day checking stuff monitoring stuff and yeah if, I was, if it was sort of five six miles away it would be yeah a bit more mm. tricky but but then if I was doing it full time you know you'd be there all day every day so you're more invested it, so. as well aren't you? Yeah. yeah I mean the benefit of doing it from home is the overheads obviously are, are quite low so it's, it's quite risk free so if there was another covid or something like that you know it doesn't mm, really mm. affect me too much yeah, but yeah. yeah i mean the dream is to have yeah proper unit with a 
massive great brewing attack from and yeah. you know, the full mm-hmm. shebang. But I do, I do like the idea of having the workshop only open a couple of days because it is. It does make it... It makes it an occasion, doesn't make, it? It makes it feel special, makes it feel more yeah. limited, makes it feel like something that you've mm. yeah. oh, I've got to get hold of that. Mm. Yeah. Well, we had, I mean, I, I put all this stuff live at midnight and there was people at three minutes past midnight ordering. So they'd obviously wow. been waiting for it. Because last time we sold out everything so quick, people sort of know that there's not, yeah. you know, there's not a sort of unlimited amount. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Pride beer, we didn't have many cans of Pride because it nearly all sold at Pride. So yeah. mm. I think we only had about 16 cans and they went... Sort of mm. minutes so I think people know that they've got to be quick to it must be a great feeling it. though to, to have that yeah it's to, great to know yeah. people are sitting there on their keyboard yeah, waiting for yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and yeah it's good because when the first time we did it it was a lot of friends or friends of friends or but yeah. now it seems to be people that we've, we've never heard of like, mm-hmm. we had someone from Wales order a case we had someone from Newcastle order a case we have no idea who these people are I don't even know how they found out about us whether it's sort of word of mouth or whether they've been to one of the festivals we've yeah. had, I don't know but yeah, spread, the word is spreading. Mm. I mean, a lot of the sales are in the village, which is you know, it's brilliant because I can package it, I can drop yeah, it off the next yeah. day. And... Yeah. But I do think this, this comes back to that, the, the very nature of when the Belt Beer Club started. You know, because there are so many people out there, like, like we were when, when, when we started this thing, trying to find that, that new brewery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to find that new brewery and trying to then introduce other people. Because I, I, I found out, I, I think I got an email from Beak brewery today saying that their flagship first IPA was three years old oh, yeah. and I and I went back thinking that that, that you bought Beacon yeah. pretty much when they were oh yeah mm. just just launched Absolutely I, was, brand I, was, new. Yeah, I, was, I was really intrigued in their story so you yeah. know launching during Covid the risk associated to that mm. and plus Lewis I'm quite familiar with so it was kind of on my radar but yeah three years ago was it really mm. yeah so I just think that we saw people out there like the the people in, in Newcastle and Wales that yeah. they've suddenly I don't know seen something on Facebook or or, or yeah. have got maybe a, a a link to Crouch because they, they yeah, come up here on holiday had, and yeah we've had been... people email us that used to live in Crouch that have moved away and have heard about us and and things like that so again that's another benefit of naming it with Crouch and stuff people people remember don't they yeah. and I come on I'm, I grew up in Norfolk but we came to Derbyshire on a school trip when I was in junior school and we went to the tram museum so. When you tell people that that's now where I live and I'm in a brewery, like everyone's like, oh, well, yeah, I remember that school trip. So people do kind of remember it. Yeah. So mm. It does help. So nostalgia is good, isn't it, for selling yeah. yeah. So <laughs> if you listen to this podcast and you're not local to Crite, please <laughs> drop us a message to say where, how you heard about Crite Brewery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll we, we all be interested to know how that, how that came about. So and a little plug for the Tramway Museum because it's a cracking little day out. Oh, it is. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah, we, we go all the time. So you, you pay once and it's free all year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. children obviously go to school in Christ, so they have forest school at the tram museum, so they love it. They would, love that, it. would that be the dream, getting getting a beer in at the, uh, at oh, the pub? At the, oh, the, yeah, the... Well, yeah, I've spoke to Bob, who runs the pub, Bob Pennyfather, and yeah. we've been talking about, in fact, I bought a load of pins just for them, but they only need beer that's sort of under 4%, because most people that go there are driving. Yeah. yeah. But I don't really brew anything under sort of 4%, so... Um, you might do now, maybe with the new BGT. Well, well yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> yeah, small, yeah. you're small enough yeah. now. So, but, yeah. but yeah, we have been in talks. The whole uh, Electric Avenue, which is one of our core ranges, is based on the tram museum. Uh, and the plan is for that to go to the tram museum. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I expect to have a couple of meetings with Bob about getting the beers down there. So it is going to happen. It's just a case of when. It always amazes me that that, that pub was moved brick by brick from yeah, somewhere from in Stoke. on Trent, yeah. 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 It's a great, they have some great beers on there. Though. Yeah. Mm. Uh, they, did, they didn't really want a mild, but... Well, I went to uni in Cardiff and like, as might have been mentioned in previous podcasts, uh, I always hark back to Brains Dark, so Dark Mild mm. Ale from, from Cardiff, which yeah. is... It getting harder to find even in Cardiff itself, yeah. but there's been some fantastic miles that we've come across, like Boxcar, mm. the the now kind of well, semi. Hopefully we'll see their bits yeah, again. Hopefully, soon. yeah, and and I've come across other miles that really surprise you. I had one mm. St Miles of the Desert, which was about eight plus percent. No oh, wow. And it and it came across more like a barley wine. So there's yeah. a real range to be explored in mild. It doesn't yeah. have to be. 
Most miles yeah. off, about 3%. Exactly, <laughs> but that, even but that, that can yeah, be great. Yeah, when we, we spoke to the chap from, uh, I can't remember his name, but we, had, uh, we spoke to the chap from Grass Castle, didn't we? Yes, Grass Castle, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, depending on, on your geographical location. <laughs> um, but he, he told us that... Uh, that the original miles were yep. were much much stronger. They were sort yeah, of six, exactly. seven, eight percent. And the original yeah. miles were 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 designed to be that strong. Yep. But it was over over time. I can't remember his explanation for it now. But over time, they they morphed into the into like celluloid. They sort of three percent. Yeah. Yeah, especially a, a, a young beer, isn't it? it? Is, mm. Yeah, that's, a that's, young, that's low. Hot I, I thought they were low because it was supposed to be for people that used to come out of the mine. That sort of all their throats were clogged up, so they could have a sort of four or five pints on yeah. their own and not mm. get too drunk. That was why they were. But so a young, low. a young low hop beer would yeah. satisfy that yeah, need, yeah, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, so they need know. to get through that much of it. It would be young exactly, and be able yeah. to age it, so that would yeah, make sense. Yeah. yeah. So I've not said no to a mild, but. I've said, give it, we'll wait. Wait next May, <laughs> next May, maybe. Next May, There's maybe. your challenge. Yeah. I know you're telling me they do 8% ones, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do whatever you want. Um, so I've been looking on Untapped. Um, yeah. You've got 14 beers I see already. I mean, how? when did you start brewing? Uh, so we went live on National IPA Day, which was June the 15th. June the 15th, yeah, already. Yeah, done three or four beers a month, and I've tried not, I think I've only, I've brewed stand, I think, three times now. Mm. But, and Electric Avenue, I think, has been brewed twice. But everything else I've tried to do, one of the different ones that I've yeah. kind of been brewing over the years to try and give big people a different sort of taste of, of what we've got. So, yeah, it's quite, when you say it like that, it's quite a Four lot of different beers, Yeah, and I can see <laughs> yeah. your brewery, brewery rating is 3.85 yeah. as of today, which is pretty it's pretty good. Yeah, really well, good. I'd go further and say, actually, for someone who's not, not putting out big barrel-aged... Mm. Mm-hmm. Indies all the time, yeah. which, which generally speaking, they they are four four plus beers, aren't you? So if someone not yeah. not hitting, mm-hmm. aiming to hit those ones, yeah, that, yeah. that's that's pretty tonk it. Yeah, yeah. with yeah. Rising really Sun, um, which one's which one's Rising? The Sun? Rising Sun is Hazy Pale. Yeah, that says that that was a nightmare to brew. That went so wrong brewing as well, and, <laughs> and even after it went wrong brewing. I, I was in the bright tanks under pressure and I accidentally uh, took a, one of the fittings off and the main butterfly valve was open. So about 40 litres just sprayed oh, out crap. all across the floor, nearly took my arm off. So I only, only ended up with about 70 cans of that and it was, oh, it was a nightmare. Well, that's got a good rating. Yeah, I'm brewing it next month again. 4.23 uh, average. That's yeah, pretty yeah. high. That's is it, is really this really George's Marvellous Medicine kind of thing where you've got to work out what went wrong last time? I worked out what I did wrong after yeah, I the thought is, about it. Does it need to be wrong again if it's such a fantastic beer? It went so wrong, I thought it was going to go down the drain. And even when it... After fermentation, it's like, no, this is still not quite right. And then after it sat in the bright tank for a few days and it, yeah, been there, been in the can for a couple of weeks, it's like, no, that's pretty bang on. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm hoping it comes out better when I brew it better. <laughs> Who knows, like you say, it might come out awful. <laughs> but, so, yeah. The other one that we're actually, um, Lloyd has very kindly furnished us with is um, the Fate beer. So there's a story attached to that one, which is... Uh, yeah, so the Crouch Fate... Normally it's the hottest day of the year and it's uh and it's it's just a really really good event pretty much everyone from the village goes and it was our big chance to get our name out in the village because we do quite a lot of social media but a lot of people in the village aren't on social media or if they don't know us mm-hmm. wouldn't know to look for us on social media so we thought the fate would be a brilliant way of getting our name out so uh, we sponsored the monument run and we had beers on at the bar and we had our own stall and we brewed a special fate beer which had a real sort of strict guideline, so it had to be clear, it had to be citrusy, it had to be light, it had to be 4.2%. So I spent quite a while kind of conjuring up the sort of perfect fake beer, and then it was probably one of the worst days of the year weather-wise, so it all got cancelled in the morning. So it was really, really disappointing. Um, so we still had all the beer, and we thought, rather than let it go to waste, we would stick it in some cans. So we canned it, sold quite a few this week on the website. It's going to the beer trap next week as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's got a rather comical label yeah. that you wouldn't normally yeah. associate with a village fate. <laughs> well, I, I can say honestly, this is this is a really enjoyable beer, and it's got was it six hops in it, something like that. And Simcoe a pretty mosaic galaxy. Yeah. yeah. And a pretty complex malt bill as well, including rye. Yeah, which... it's it's based on a beer that I made for a Pink Floyd tribute event. 
Interesting. Yeah. Which was actually the first event we did, which uh-huh. I can show you a label of. Not that the people listening will be able to see yeah. it. But it's based on Dark Side of the Moon. The band did a Dark Side of the Moon 50th anniversary and wanted a special beer. So ah, we made that. Oh, I see. Uh, and the idea was the albums, I think the album Take runs for 42 minutes. So uh-huh. we made the beer 4.2% to obviously tie in with that. And then we kind of changed the album cover to our logo to kind of blend it all into it. It's a bit of a sort of special edition for mm. the event. Uh, and it was one of those beers that I kind of made and thought, yeah, it's a sort of steady session beer. I don't really drink session beers. So <laughs> I, was, I don't really drink anything under sort of 6%. So it's kind of hard to judge if it was that great. And then everyone mm. there was absolutely raving about it. So I brewed, yeah. it, brewed it twice since under slightly different names. So we brewed it and tweaked it slightly for the fate. The fate one's slightly different. But yeah, we tweaked it for the... The fate, and again, yes, yeah, it's, just, it's just designed to be a really sort of easy drinking sort of summer beer, really. Yeah, Anyone I can, can sort of enjoy. Definitely vouch for that. It it has got that kind of Moorishness to it, which I I really like. I could definitely fit, see myself sinking a few of these on a on a warm. Yes, yeah, so it's not bitter at all, is it? No, it's, no. it's got. I mean, I think it's only twenty seven IBUs. Mm. Okay. Uh, again, I just I just tried to make it as interesting enough and as hoppy enough to not put off your kind of traditional craft mm. drinkers but have enough going on so that your craft beer drinkers are still won't find it bland mm. yeah. so it was kind of a beer designed to, that everyone would kind of like which is not easy to do because everyone's no. got such different tastes mm. uh, yeah. but yeah it was just designed to be a really easy drinking summer beer there'll, so. there'll always be someone there demanding a black IPA <laughs> and you'll be in trouble for it because so. they've uh, got plenty, plenty <laughs> of cans if they do yeah. <laughs> Um, so a few ask the, the, the brewery um, questions here. Um, so we've got two from that have had that have come into us, um, and and one that's my own. Um, okay. I'm going to be selfish and start with my own question, <laughs> as is your wants. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess I think you might have answered somewhat um, already, but a lot of the the fourteen beers that you've got are, are um, there's a lot of you know pales and IPAs yeah. in there. Um, is is that what you want the brewery to be famous for, or is that what uh, no, is the not best really. thing? I think start? it was just what what people are wanting. Like I say, when I when I brewed my first batch, so I did the black IPA, I did an, a standard IPA, and then I did the hazy pale, and then all the pubs were like, "Oh no, we don't want a black IPA." What what do you do? That's sort of four percent. And so part of doing a few of those was to try and please sort of the pubs because obviously I need to get my name out there to mm. sell beers and. The best way of getting your name out is probably to get in the pubs, isn't it? So people go to the pub, mm. have a nice pint, and then they're going to look on your website. So I've tried to brew a range of beers to get the beer out to as many places as possible. But like I said, I don't really drink many sort of four yeah. or five percenters myself. I, I'm normally into the sort of big six, seven percent sort of hazy New England. That's mm-hmm. the kind of beer I like to drink. But it seems the people around here, most of the sort of pubs local to us, don't necessarily want that they might want one keg of that but they yeah. want 10 casks that are four and a half percent so it's kind of yeah. a combination of brewing beer that i still like and want to drink but also brewing beer that i can sell because mm. obviously it's a business now it's not like homebrew yeah. where you can just knock out a 12 percent toffee stout you know i've got to brew things that people are actually going to buy uh, mm. and i think as the beer gets out more then i'll probably be able to brew a little bit more and pubs will be more inclined to take something that's a bit mm. more daring because They'll have thought, well, you know, we've had a couple of their casts and they were quite good, we'll sort of take a chance on that. So yeah. I've got a 7% West Coast this month and I've really struggled shifting that to the pubs. Like, so it's too strong for them. Really? Yeah, loads of places. Like, but then some places, that's what they want. It's, it's really different. All the pubs are different. The people you speak to, some people will be like, yeah, we don't want anything over six or we don't want anything that's hazy or like every pub seems to be quite but different. If, but so if I've now got a list of pubs. That, that wants certain things. So. I was going to say, so maybe it's partly you learning about, I've, I've, I've brewed this beer. Yeah, so, so I'll contact who to put it to, yeah. those ones, I'll yeah. ignore them. Yeah, so it's a bit of a learning curve for yeah. yourself there mm-hmm. as well. The Talbot in Ripley, they, they love the cask, but they won't have anything hazy, whereas the Smithfield in Derby, they love a hazy cask. So yeah, it's exactly that. It's, it's learning mm-hmm. which pubs to contact for which beers I've got at that point. Have you contacted Chris or Hollybush yet? Have you been in contact with him? Yeah, I've spoken to Chris, yeah. Uh, and we've not got anything on the Hollybush as yet, but... I need to take down some cans for him to try. So I think he's only tried 
one of the beers. Okay. Uh, he was quite keen to, to sample some. So. It's the Holy Grail. It's the Holy Grail. Yes, yeah. Here, so mm. yeah. Chris is pretty, pretty open. Well, he, he tried the original uh, version of Stand and he, he said it, he was hoping for something a bit more hoppy. Okay. So based on that feedback, I have doubled the amount of mosaic in it and it is tasting pretty cool. good. Nice. So I'm going to take him one down and see what he thinks of that. <laughs> well, he, he kind of likes this kind of stuff as well. Mm. Yeah, no, he definitely, I'm sure he'd have a cast. One of his favourite beers he always says that's, that shifts. Wim. Wim. Hardston IPA. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it's crystal clear, it's, it, it, it drops bright. He always, he's always yeah. talking about how great that, that is. Mm. So. It's a strange pub in, in, in the Hollybush in a way, isn't it? That, that it, it's one of his pubs that covers the entire range of, of, of beer drinkers. You know, there will be people going in there that are only focusing on the keg. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Are, but equally, there'll be people going in there that like, I want better jug. Yeah. And I'm not even going to... Not having to try look. anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And so, anything else. So yeah. you've got Pedigree, you've got Landlord, you've got the Wim, yeah. Yeah, and all the all the uh, Thornbridge beers as well, and yeah. Jaipur and stuff. So, But yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Um, so I think this one feeds on nicely. So, and again, I'm going to add in a, a second part of my question. So this is one of our, uh, at night and one of our other people on Twitter. Um, and you have alluded to this already but what is your ultimate ambition as a brewery and then my follow-up question is obviously we talk about what you know what we want to be famous for in a, in, in yeah. a year or three years time um do you think you would have you would be famous for a, uh, a certain being, being famous is well, no. <laughs> maybe it's just maybe it's just like you know, maybe everyone knows that yeah. if, if, if you go locally, today, you'll get a decent, yeah. You know, you know that it's it's going to yeah. be, a, uh, or if it's if it's Beak or Vault City that, or or you know, really get, you know what you're getting for those. Services. Yeah, mm. I think in terms of sort of what I want to get from the brewery, I I, I just want to get my beer in pubs locally. So wherever you kind of go locally, like whatever town or village you go to, they'll kind of be one of the beers available. Uh, I don't want to be massive. I don't want to be the next brood or anything like that. Uh, I just want to be sort of brewing full time, just making good beers and just being sort of serving the local area. Like just having the beers. There's a few places in Belpa right now, and it's just great to be able to go into a pub and just oh, I brewed that. You know, yeah. that's that's great. That I mean, I'm not worried about. It. I don't want a massive multi-million pound industry. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I'm just quite happy doing a job I really enjoy doing and and making beer. And yeah. as for what style I want to be known for. I don't think there's one particular style. I just like people to sort of know that if they buy a beer from Crikes Bruco, that it will just be a decent beer, whether that be a 4% pale or whether that be a 10% imperial. Mm-hmm. I just want to think, you know, that that would be decent. Uh, yeah. I must admit, the, ha- the, the big hazy, hazy is my favourite. Like the Pride beer, I was really pleased with. But they're, they're quite hard to make, those. Mm. <laughs> they're always cracking. Um, you you've had the Pride, you haven't had it. Yeah, no, yeah, right. So I was pointing, for those listening, yeah, pointing to, John's had it as well, I've had it, and... Well, Sean was away in, in, uh, yeah, I was in Scotland, Scotland at the time. It's going to be on draft in the White Hart in Bargate very soon. Oh, okay. Ooh. Because the weather for Pride was so bad. Yeah. Only one keg got drank at the beer track. And they okay. they obviously don't have much keg beer on. Yeah. So uh, the White Hart in Bargate I bought yeah. it. So it will be on there. Do you know what, though? I, I did think it did surprise me because how bad the weather was at the start of the, the Pride. It, yeah. it was still a pretty... Oh, it was a big old Pride. Pretty decent it, yeah. event. Yeah. Mm. But um, mm. White Hart, that's handy. That's my local. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Really... They've got the new stand going on uh, cask as well. Cool. So I think they're going to put them both on at once. So they're just waiting for that to mature a little bit. So probably next week. So Happy days. Happy days. Head up for that one. Um, and then the the final, this is from my friend Jacob uh, in, in Belper. Um, what style of beer um, that's emerged from the craft beer scene do you think is the most overrated? I would definitely say sours. I hate sour beer. Yeah. <laughs> I really hate it. Of sour, just... and all of them. I just, yeah, anything. Or no, I'd say milkshake IPAs are the worst. I hate a milkshake IPA. Yeah. I just don't see... I don't. If I want a milkshake, I'll go to McDonald's and have a milkshake. I want a beer to taste like a yeah. beer. As soon as you start whacking loads of lactose in it and stuff, it's Brewdog are making some crazy beer. I saw one today in Tesco's, a pina colada beer. So if I want a pina colada, which I never would, but if I did, I would just have a pina colada. Yeah. I wouldn't want a beer that tasted of it. So I'd say either any of the kind of gimmicky, those sort of beers. Or the kind of pastry. Kind I don't, don't matter too much on, a, on like a stout, like a pastry mm. stout. I don't mind too much, but like a jam donut IPA, no. Yeah, so I've, I've, I've kind of... Gone. I think everyone, a lot of craft 
drinkers have that that phase that they go through. Yeah, they? I think they want to try mm. it. And I'm, I'm glad I've left and, yeah. that phase where I used to, yeah, I used to sit there, oh, look at that. Apple, yeah. apple crumble, yeah. raspberry donut, yeah. triple, double. Yeah. Triple. Oh, I'd love to try that. And yeah, oh, it's one of those, you smell it and you think, oh, that smells quite nice. That. You try a sip and think, oh, that's all right. And then you say, I'll have a pint of that. And then you have about four mouthfuls. Yeah. And now I don't want to Never drinking a pint of it. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I, think, I think we're coming out of that phase. Yeah. I, I think it was just people know. pushing the boundaries and saying, this is it what was. we can do. And yeah. then someone did something, so someone did something else. And like I said, yeah. I don't mind it so much. In a stout, I think they can get away with it because they're more of a kind of puddingy Sunday night mm, beer, aren't they? Mm. But yeah, I think yeah, I hope, hope brews are coming out of it because mm. yeah, it's not my favourite style. Well, it's full yeah, city's but... model, so they're they're probably know, just, yeah. they're going to keep on doing that for yeah. some time. Yeah, I think they're new and they're blue raspberry. I've yeah. not tried it. I mean, it looks crazy. I mean, the reviews are brilliant. It's meant yeah. to be amazing. But I think the thing about Vault City is that they. I don't know how they manage it, but they get the flavours. They do just it well, right. don't they? They yeah. do, do it well. So when it when it is done well, we we what was it? The apple maple pecan, Can, yeah, one which which was amazing because you could really yeah. taste all the flavours and it wasn't like overwhelming. But just, I do it agree. Tastes so synthetic. Yeah, it's like absolutely. They made a normal yeah. beer and then just chucked a load of flavour in it. Yeah, and it's yeah. Just, but like, I feel like they ruined that beer. How <laughs> Vault City have taken the the idea of a, a smoothie milkshake beer to another level I had, I had one at Suds and Soda not too long ago yeah and and the, the poor guy pouring out of the uh, of the tap is sort of yeah just, just came as like so thick, thick aren't they so yeah. like, <laughs> like the most thick shapes yeah, yeah honestly honestly it was like you know it was you needed a, a, a it was pretty good actually yeah, yeah. Um, but, but it's, yeah, it's you interesting need... that they're doing it isn't it it's just mm. yeah I just I, I just want beer to taste like beer and if a beer tastes of someone I want it to taste like that because the hops that are in it not because mm. it's had a load of stuff added to it mm. but What's your, what's your view on Sabro in, in um, pale ales? I'm, not, hate, isn't it, I'm not a massive fan of Sabro, but it's really popular. So I use it in uh, one of my beers, Beatbox, but I don't put much in. So okay. you, you can kind of tell it's in there, but I find Sabro a little bit much. I think I may have had that one. I think I did pick that up. So I'm, yeah, I'm not a Sabro fan. I'd yeah. love to see that in a chocolate beer, mm. uh, coconut and, uh, and chocolate. I think that yeah. would work, but... Do you, do you always put the? Because I noticed you do it on, on on the the fake one we, we we've got tonight. Do you always put the um, the hops on the can? Yeah, so I always put uh, the hops. I always put the malts on as well, uh, just because from years of being a home brewer, whenever I try a beer that's nice, I was think, oh, I wonder what that's in it, and you kind of yeah, you know, yeah. have a bit of a go. But also, it's when I'm out and about, I want to know what I'm buying. And when you paint sort of five six pound a can, mm-hmm. and if it just says fresh fresh and zingy or something, that will, mm. I don't know what that is. It could be mm-hmm. sabro. You could take it and it could be yeah. horrible. Yeah, but. So I always list what's on it, and then nine times out of ten, if you're in a bottle shop and it tells you the hops that are on it, you know if you're going to like it or not. And I find that when other breweries did that, I'm way more inclined to brew mm, to yeah. buy their beers. Yeah, so, I, I'm, I'm with you because I, I do like beers. We mentioned Beak a few times tonight. I do like Beak beers, but I was in um, in a bottle shop the other week, and there was I could afford to get. I wanted to get one beer, a nice beer, and they had about four Beaks, and not knowing what hops. We yeah. in the beer was was really mm, frustrating. Mm. So I could absolutely guarantee yeah. that out of those four beers, there'd be one that I would absolutely love. Yeah, they would. I don't know, have Nelson's von or something mm. that I'm a big fan of. Um, but I know there'd be one with with sort of hops that I'm not yeah. so keen yeah. on, and, and not knowing was <laughs> yeah. was a bit of a, a bit of I a think, bit of a pain. Yeah. I think you can take it too far. I remember when a few years back, when when Cloudwater were first taking it. They'd practically give you a step by step recipe of how they oh, brew really? the beer with all the technical details. Yeah, well, some of how do they, some, some put the gravity kind of on, don't they? And the yeah, yeah. Sorts, which, uh, they, they pulled that back for the reason that they're getting a lot exactly, of copycat, yeah. a lot of copycats yeah. 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 happening. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting that they're starting off a, a new V series, uh, experimental series. Okay. So I wonder if they'll give the same level of detail as they're developing the beer so interesting to see what they do there i think it's a good way of learning what you like as well isn't it so if you have a beer that you think oh that's amazing and you see that that's got i don't know equinot in it or something yeah next time you're out and about you're going to buy some more beer with that hop in it exactly yeah it's a good way of learning so lord have you you got a favorite a go-to favorite hop uh i really like simcoe i know it's sort of you know, used in pretty much every beer nowadays, but I really mm. love Simcoe. Whenever you go into a brew dog, normally it smells of Simcoe. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it smells the punk has yeah. Simcoe, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think most of their beers seem to have Simcoe. Hoppy Christmas is one of my favourite beers of theirs, and that's just all Simcoe, and it's just lovely. I mm. love Simcoe. I really like Talus as well. I'm really into Talus. We, we, uh, we, it's again, quite, a, quite a unique kind of flavour. Going back to the, um, the when we started out with the, with the Virtual Burger Beer Club 
with our buying beers for each other during lockdown. It was a, a garden yeah, city garden. beer yeah. from Croatia. Croatia. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, that yeah, at that mm. point it wasn't it wasn't commercially available. Yeah, so we, it was, it was yeah, H- HB. Yeah, HBC something. And we all it's one of the beers that we all tried and were like, oh hang on. Yeah. It really is it's, 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 it's <laughs> so different from every other one. Um, one of my beers, yes, Linda, and then if you've tried it, but yeah. that's got equinot and talisman, and that's got a really distinctive taste. I love it. It's it's one of those beers. It's a bit of a marmite type beer. Some people love it, and some people are like oh, because it's really sort of gooseberryish, isn't it? In grapefruit, yeah. yeah. Mm. A lot of be, people aren't that keen, but I, be, I love it. Be all right, because every time if I if I go in and I see talisman a beer, yeah, then there's, there's a high likelihood that, that I will buy that over yeah. something else that I don't see, know. And that's I know why I, I label the hot yeah. yeah. people yeah. like you. So go and buy it. If you do one with <laughs> sriracha in, I'll be right there for it. Yeah, I've never I'm used like, sriracha. Yeah, bit. that again is like mm. Sean shaking his head. Is it really like, lemony? Is that sriracha? Orangey. Orangey. Orangey marmalade. Although that sriracha one that Simple Things did was one of our favourites from mm. the Simple Things mm-hmm. night. So there you go. Yeah. It's also good to know which chops. I'd add um, lemon drop for the first time. Lemon that drop. Was, that was too citrusy for me. Yeah. Right, right. So yeah. It's like it's like a spinal tap. Mm. It's like <laughs> citra turned up to to eleven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it was it was it was probably a lovely beer, but yeah, yeah, yeah. out lemon to me. And how are you sourcing your hops? Are you on a contract, or you're not at this level? You just no, uh, I buy them from a place called Get a Brood, which is okay. uh, they're based in Northern Ireland. Yeah, and they do sort of microbrewery discount, and because okay. I don't buy loads, mm. uh, that works out. Sort of cheaper than buying them sort of from Charles Farham yeah. uh, and they're they're really quick delivery and really nice mm, people yeah. so I get all my hops from them uh, yeah but that freezer there is just full of hops there's okay. hundreds of pounds <laughs> of hops in there <laughs> yeah. have you got lots of little kind of like odds and ends that you'll have to yeah. use up at some point or are you fairly yeah, yeah. yeah. when I plan the brewing <laughs> I, I tend to try and plan it and adjust my quantity so I kind of use things up just right, so I don't right. end up with loads of odds yeah, and ends yeah. so I try and do that where I can. Yeah. Yeah. Very efficient. Well, yeah, there's not much storage space. And yeah, it's <laughs> really to expensive, be, yeah. so yeah. it makes sense to, yeah. to, yeah, to try and work it out and mm. adjust the amounts. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna channel my inner Paul, if there is such a thing. Um, Paul, who can't be with us this evening, uh, normally asks a couple of questions about branding, so I'm gonna take that honour. Um, so first of all, um, we're always intrigued by brand and design. Who creates your artwork, and where did the relatively simplistic design come from? So I do all the artwork. Uh, before I was a teacher, I was a graphic designer okay. uh, for a few years. Uh, so I do, yeah. So I do all the branding, and the idea behind the artwork is it's meant to be kind of dark. Hence why the cans are all black. Obviously, apart from these two cans we're looking at now, which are white, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're really all dark. The main reason being that when you go into a bottle shop, most craft beer is really, really bright and really, really mm. colourful. And I think trying to make something stand out like that is quite hard. So I sort of went the opposite way. So I thought rather than making Mm-hmm. like a big colourful sort of geometric pattern which a lot of people use or something really cartoony mm-hmm. I kind of went for sort of distressed photographs sort of mm-hmm. lot of sort of black silhouettes inks and things and then each one's kind of got like a main sort of feature colour again for the core range so it kind of differentiates that differentiates itself so you know if you sort of can't remember the name but it was the, the orangey one you mm-hmm. kind of know that mm-hmm. was ruin or something like that so that was sort of the theory behind it it's mm. also quite good how the uh, the white logo then really stands out yeah proud from the kind of almost gothic-y kind of nature of the yeah there's a there's an album artist that I kind of got the idea from uh, called Travis Smith who does loads of that kind of stuff and I just I just really loved his artwork mm-hmm. I mean I was branding it because there was loads of different sort of styles that, that I tried and some of them were really quite bright I started off some of them were sort of black and white photographs so you don't really see many beers with photographs but the problem with that is you really limit on what you can name your beer because you've got to find a photo. And you get to the point where it's fine for the core range because they're all named after landmarks, but then you've got something named after an old pub that's not there anymore. Yeah. There's no yeah. photographs. It's like, well, where do you go? And then all of a sudden you've got all these photographs on one that's not a photograph. It kind of stands out. Mm-hmm. So that's why I went down the kind of, sort of black silhouette kind of route. 
Uh, yeah, like I say, it's to, to make it kind of stand out uh, by being dark. And then mm. I made a lot of the other ones that aren't in the core range quite white, so they stand out from the core range. And I think the white cans, like the black cans with the white labels, look really good. Mm. They do? So, yeah, yeah, and they do. We yeah. did the Estender first, and then I was so pleased with that I did the Fate one, sort of similar, with a kind of made yeah. a white label with just a small sort of graphic. And I think they look really good. Mm. So I don't know if I'll do more... I know I've got the Pridal, which is opposite. That's about as powerful as you can get. But. Yeah, well, I suppose that, that you know, that's the whole that point. That kind of design itself. Yeah, that exactly. Can, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at them now and, and, and we'll try and publish some pictures to go alongside this, uh, obviously, audio podcast. But um, they're the less, yes, Linda, I'm kind of making an assumption there's a bit of a Bowie influence yeah, in that so one. It's, uh, the, the question I always get asked about brewing is what, what is Yes Linda all about and it comes from the episode of Extras with David Bowie oh, uh, if you've seen it and yes. there's a bit where he writes a song for Andy Milman oh yes in the and, VIP bar yeah, yes <laughs> and it's hilarious me and my wife watch it all the time and uh, there's a his, his PA or the lady he's with comes up with a line and he says Yes Linda I like that and uh, mm. me and my wife just say Yes Linda all the time if someone Love does it. something good say Yes Linda and yeah. when I made that beer it's like, yes, Linda, that's brilliant. That, yeah. That's exactly what I wanted to be. And then I thought, well, let's just call it yes, Linda. Yeah, and it's yeah. and so many people called Linda are bought yeah, <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. There's so many Lindas lived in Belfast. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. But yeah, so that was where that was good. So it was all a bit of a joke, really. The original mm. artwork did have Bowie's face on, but mm. obviously you can't just put pictures of famous people no, and stuff. But so I mean, take them off. So that's why that graphic's obviously based on the face paint. Yeah. And that's yeah. I was so pleased with the kind of white, label that and then used it for the fate beer as well mm. and of course that's got the the iconic kind of weather yeah the, the typical british summer yeah, exactly yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so it's totally appropriate for the and the, the colors really it. work i like the colors and i really like the fonts actually mm. and and the, and the spacing of those fonts as well you've kind of pushed them out so they kind of yeah they really yeah work. yeah they're, and they're all consistent across all the beers mm. uh so obviously the mm. colors are slightly different but the all the fonts and the, the space and everything's all the same. Can you recognise the font, Sean? I don't know. Yeah. Century yeah. Gothic it is. How is it? Uh, <laughs> it is, yeah. There you go. Which is a pretty standard font. Yeah. But yeah. The, again, the benefit of having that is you can, whatever you're doing and whatever you're editing, it's there. You haven't got to be somewhere and all of a sudden you can't find the right font. No, it's yeah. Just, it's, yeah. It's just a really nice font that's yeah. used, you know, everywhere for design, really. But, yeah. Yeah, keep it simple. It, Man, it works. That works. It? That works. And the. the, the the logo of the Kreich Bruco and the kind of hop silhouette. What? How long did that take to kind of come up with that as your kind of main focus? It was fairly quick, to be honest. I know it's a bit obvious. It's not necessarily the most creative logo, but with a logo, you need you need it to be obvious what it is, don't you? And mm. as soon as you see a hop, even though you know probably ninety percent of craft beer places have got a hop on their logos, it it does what it what it mm-hmm. needs to, doesn't it? It's obvious if you see that it's going to be a craft beer. Uh, you know, if it had a bit of wheat in it it'd probably be you'd probably think oh it's a bit of a yeah. old man kind of beer so it's yeah just kind of highlights about this up it's easy to see it's easy to understand people know what it is so yeah i think it works mm. it's not not exactly edgy or modern but i, I think, think it, it, it does it does what it says it's a nice clean sort of yeah. crisp logo that yeah i think it's it does the job i think it has a it has a definite air of modernity but yeah. it's simple enough to be you know, you could spot it across the room. You say, even if you can't read the writing, I'm squinting now at one across the room. Yeah, it's yeah. it's recognisable, isn't it's, it? It's one of those things. You, you don't want it to look too traditional to put off modern yeah. drinkers, but you don't want it to look too modern to put off sort of more traditional yeah. drinkers. So yeah. it's it's kind of I don't know, trying to kind of blend mm. new beer and sort of more. Some of when I made stand, the whole idea of that was it that it would be available sort of on cask and keg and be a beer that. You know, your your landlord drinkers would think, mm. oh, I'm not really into this modern stuff, but I'll give it a try. And actually, that's quite nice. Mm. Uh, whereas, obviously, as soon as you've got big bright colours and big cartoony images and things, a lot of people yeah. just aren't going to buy it at all, are they? Mm. So, mm. yeah, it was kind of trying to be sort of modern but traditional, but, yeah, trying to... A jack-of-all-trades kind of logo, <laughs> really. Cool. Um, and another one which isn't to do with branding, but is another one of Paul's uh, favourite questions... Uh, if you could have brewed any beer in the world, what would it have been and why? Oh, that's a really tricky question. Uh, I don't know. That's a hard, isn't it? It's kind of like, what's my favourite beer almost, but... 
Yeah. It might have been one you've never had before. It might be like the party of the elders of this world that you kind of yeah. it's mythical. You kind of yeah. wish you were kind of <laughs> I think, at the forefront of I went to Canada a few years ago and we went to this really cool restaurant called I think it's called the Woodlot or something. And it was basically like a restaurant with a massive fire in the middle and all the food was cooked on the fire. Uh, and when we were there, I had a Imperial chocolate and cherry stout and I'd never really had anything like it before. And it was one of the best beers I've ever had. Mm. Uh, and that was kind of before Imperial Stouts were a thing in this country. Like, mm. Mm. They, they, were, they were kind of there, but no one mm. really made them, no one drank them. Uh, and that just blew me away. So I'd say probably if I would have... In fact, I've, the Imperial Stout I've got coming out next month is my own version of that. I've okay. tried to recreate it. Mm. Uh, and I brewed it a few times and I love it. So was that but, your sort of craft beer epiphany, kind of that moment where you yeah. like... Uh, maybe it was definitely my imperial stout epiphany yeah mm-hmm. it was brilliant uh, and it the, the best thing about it is it wasn't really synthetic now, we were talking earlier about synthetic mm-hmm. I find a lot of imperial stouts again are really synthetic and they've got loads and loads of lactose in and loads of artificial flavours and yeah. it's just a bit much whereas this one wasn't it was really strong but really chocolatey and really sort of cherryish but it all just tasted really nicely balanced mm. which again imperial stouts some of them I had a maple something one the other week and it was so sweet I could barely drink yeah, it. It was yeah. when it when it it's my own fault for buying it because it said on the can what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it's like that's just crazy. So yeah, yeah I mean if I'd have been able to brew that obviously the one I the version I brewed of it's very nice, but if I'd have been able to brew that without kind of stealing that idea, yeah. that would have been pretty cool. Mm, yeah. Mm. Was it also a great location? Was it kind of the the, the, the yeah, venue was, kind of helped? Yeah, it was a really, of... yeah, it was a really nice we just had a really nice time. We were talking about that at work the other day. It's where you are massively influences how things taste, mm. doesn't it? And it I, does, I used yeah. Uzo as an example. Like when I go to Greece, I, I'll drink quite a lot of Uzo, but you would never see me drinking it in this country. <laughs> I'd never sit there and think, oh, you know what? I fancy an Uzo. <laughs> but that's the same with sort of any sort of tasting. Like yeah. You associate it with when you're there. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure the first time I went to Greece and went island hopping and I thought, drunk some ouzo and it was like oh yeah it's all yeah. wonderful get a, take home. get a bottle to take home <laughs> yeah. and you have like you your yeah years. exactly exactly that yeah, yeah. so and I, I know what you mean yeah makes yeah. sense so part yeah. of it might have been the sense of occasion and the smell of the fire and it was snowing and it was when it was minus 36 so it was pretty cold <laughs> yeah. but yeah. yeah that was that was an amazing beer uh, yeah. yeah so I'd say probably that to be yeah. able to brew that without kind of Having an idea and copying yeah, would have been yeah. yeah really good. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a tricky question. Isn't it? Quite a yeah. question I think I think, you, I think you answered that pretty well. Yeah, it's very good. So we come on to this uh, the last set of questions. It's the quick fire rounds. Yeah. Um, historically, these haven't necessarily <laughs> been that quick fire. So let's see how we get on today. So I've got five questions for you. So first question is, what's the biggest influence on your brewery? I'd say probably Brewdog. Not so much now, because I don't think they've made that many great beers recently. But the whole uh, DIY dog thing they did, I think, really upped my home brewing game. That's where they published all their recipes. They published all their recipes, yeah. They're all pretty much all wrong. If you actually run all their recipes through like Beersmith, they're, they're not quite right. But they give you a really good mm. starting point. And I think going from your traditional kind of homebrew kit books to those, I think, had a massive impact on my brewing and also I don't know if you remember they did fanzine a few years ago where they basically made three cans I think it was once every two weeks and they were brilliant beers like absolutely brilliant and they only did it for about 18 months and then they changed it to Brewdog and Friends and it was all lagers and synthetic pina colada beers mm-hmm. and it went rubbish so I cancelled it but mm-hmm. the first, when they first did fanzine I'm sure oh, it was the mail order yeah every two weeks you got three little, and they gave you a little brew sheet with what was in it and some of those they had like black New England IPAs and stuff which I've never seen anyone brew since and some of the beers in those were brilliant like really really good beers mm-hmm. and then they just just stopped mm-hmm. and yeah and yeah. now it's pina colada stuff and yeah. things which is a real shame yeah yeah they were yeah. they were brilliant so I'd say Although I don't drink as much Brewdog nowadays, I would say they will probably... I always go to a Brewdog bar if I'm out and about and still love a pint of punk. And yeah. so I'd say they were probably the biggest influence on me sort of going back a few years. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, yeah. interesting. Um, best beer by any brewery? Okay, this is a tricky one. I've been thinking about this and I'm really struggling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'll come back to it. Did you not check on your untapped? Let me say, Pride beer I've heard is pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Best beer. I I find, a bit like what we were saying earlier, like the Uzo, my beer taste changes through the year. So what I drink in summer will be massively different to what I drink in winter and things. So the last beer, perhaps the last beer that really blew you away or really impressed you? Absolutely really impressed me. I can't remember what it was. It was a supermarket beer, but it, was, it had Strata and Talus in it. And for, for, for a Tesco's beer at 3.50 a tin, it was brilliant. I yeah. can't remember what it was. It was so good. It was, it was Morrison's, in fact. And I bought a can from my brother. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. Was it? Mm. I mean, I, I've seen quite a lot of salt stuff are quite good. It wasn't salt. Uh, I'll come back. I've took a photo of it on my phone. Okay. I'll, mm. I'll find it and I'll tell you. But that, was, mm. that, that really blew me away for kind of the flavour and the price. Mm. Rather than the fact that it was... It's not necessarily the best beer... I've ever had, but the best beer at that kind of price yeah. point to be able to get yeah. from a supermarket. Yeah. I mean, the supermarket beer is outrageous, isn't it? I mean, if you go back five years ago, the beers you could get in a supermarket were not that great, were they? Chalk and cheese, like, now, now, yeah. I mean, nowadays, yeah. you, you, if, you, if you went to Tesco's and Morrison's and got the best kind of three or four from each of those breweries, mm-hmm. you could have a, a cracking beer hall for mm-hmm. not loads of money. Well, I just think when we had that mystery beer tasting night and we, we want to get a supermarket beer... A bit like a bit of an old school one. We went back to some of the classics that we used to yeah. used to love in the past, and you realise how much your beer tastes. So it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I used yeah. to band from Fly all the time. He said it's a great yeah. beer. And he tried yeah. to I used like, to love the Badger beers. Yeah, yeah before yeah. craft beer kicked off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we uh, settled on Devel uh, at yeah, the end of plant tasting. Yeah, and yeah. you know it's a classic. It's affordable, and it's in supermarkets. Yeah, so, you know. I've got the supermarket beer. It's a salt mm. beer, right? It's called Glide. It's a seven nah. percent New England IPA. Uh, I had that last night. What, what did you think? I really liked it. Yeah, I, it I really that. liked it. I tried it. Uh, it's a collab. I don't know that other brewery. It's drop, uh, drop Project. Oh, it's a drop project. Mm. So they're based uh, in London. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's Strata, which has got a really nice sort of dank sort of flavour, and I think no, it's, it's really dank. It reminds me of early Cloud Waters yeah. in terms of you know when they did yeah. the yeah. yeah. it was yeah. that good I took a photo of it sent it to my brother and then bought him a can because mm. yeah I just like, like I said if I'd have paid six seven pounds for that in a bottle shop I'd have been happy but to yeah. pay three pound fifty in mm, Morrison's yeah. or something was that really was like wow we're all going to go down to Morrison's later and uh, go <laughs> buy the shelf in fact I liked it so much that was why I put a load of strata in the pride beer so I thought I want, I want to get that extra little bit of dankness in and popped it mm. in. So inspirational. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, great beer. Um, what's your favourite brewery? My favourite brewery is Track in Manchester. Oh, I love Track. Nice. We love Track. And they're, they're what we were saying about earlier about not necessarily being famous for a specific type of beer. They're one of those breweries that every one of their beers is brilliant. Yeah. That's Sonoma. Yeah. I don't think you can get anywhere near that for a three point eight percent beer. That's, great, that's great fantastic. Cask. Yeah. Um, Many years ago, we went to the the trap brewery, didn't we? When it was still in the arches. When it was still in the arches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've not been. It's on. It's on my to go list. Yeah. So it's right up. Is it Cloudwater? Right yeah, it's basically it? so around the corner. I've had yeah. so many people say they went. They went to both and track was better. Yeah, the new brewery yeah. looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've not been in it since it's. Yeah, since I mean, mm. their gold top beers are brilliant. They, they're yeah. sort of low strength beers are brilliant. Yeah, uh, every, I remember having... every beer they they do. Like I went to the craft beer fest for Nottingham and had. I think I had every beer they had, and they were every single one was brilliant. Mm. Whereas you go to some of the other places, and you think, "Oh, I love third of that, third of that." And it's like, yeah. mm-hmm. We made the mistake we went to Track first. But yeah, so Track Brewery definitely. Nice, oh, good, good yeah. shout out to those guys. Yeah, yeah. they're brilliant. Um, the fourth question was: thirds, halves, two thirds, or pints? Again, it changes throughout the year depending on what I'm drinking. Uh, in the summer, always a pint of something cold, but. In the winter, raining outside, I'll have a third of an Imperial Stout. So, yeah. And I love a little flight board. I love going somewhere new. I, wherever I go, I try the new local brewery. Always try and buy local. Uh, and obviously the best way to do that is get a little flight board, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Get three thirds and then pick which one you like and have a pint I, of it. I do think that's that's the uh, the curse of the craft beer drinker, isn't it? And I think you're mm. leading to it when you're talking about track, where you sit there and you go into a pub and you buy a beer and you think, that is the greatest beer that I've had. I've never had such a... Beautiful beer. That beer is amazing. Yeah. And then you go to the bar and have something else. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you haven't had yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah. And you come back. Yeah. And you try that stuff. one and it's like, what? Well, I don't like this. Yeah. What on earth? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I do it all the time. I annoy myself. I'll go somewhere and I'll have a beer I really like on draft. But like you say, you'll trust them in new. You think, oh, I'd like that. I'll try that. And you're thinking, oh, I wish I just had that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. And finally, what's your favourite style of beer? You may have already talked about it. Yeah. Again, it changes. 
if you'd asked me six months ago, I'd have said a New England IPA. But I've had so much of them, I've almost got a bit sick of them. I've kind of overdone mm. it. So I'm probably sort of 6% sort of hazy pales. Yeah. So not quite as smooth and sort of juicy as a New England. A bit more beery. More traditional kind of English IPA style there you're talking about? Yeah, something with a bit more. Cause the New England's obviously got they got really, really low IBUs, haven't they? I'm mm. saying like... I've had so many of them now, and they're all, you think, oh, I love that, just like juice that. But then you get to the point where you think, well, I want it to be more like beer than juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so a nice sort of 6% sort of hazy IPA. But again, I do love a black IPA. Yeah, <laughs> it comes back to the yeah, black I IPA. Yeah. And I think part of that's because you don't get them very often. I think if they were available everywhere and I was drinking them all the time, I'd probably go off them. Mm. But I mean, because they are, like you were saying, because they are rare. Yeah. It's like, you yeah. see one, it's like, oh, it's a bit of a treat. Are you so, a fan of sort of smoked beers? No, I can't really get into smoked beers. I don't mind a little bit of smoke, but not really, really sort of smoky beers. So you'd like a PT kind of in, in an imperial? <laughs> yeah, in a, yeah. yeah. But you can get away with a lot more in an imperial yeah. stout, can't you? So a hint, but, mm. a hint of smoke in an imperial stout, maybe. Mm. But yeah, I'm not a huge, not a huge smoked yeah, beer kind yeah. of fan. It's um, quite a difficult one to get the balance right. Yeah, I mean, you just need a tiny bit mm. just to kind of lift it, but not so much yeah. that. I should have brought a smoke beer. Yeah, Actually, yeah. We should have done, yeah. yeah Hollow Tree, um, up at Watts Stanwell, mm. um, or now up at Matlock Bath, um, they did a great smoke beer a year or two back, and mm. he seemed to get the balance just right. It was like, it was a pale, wasn't overly smoky, mm. it had the right kind of flavour for it, but the. the um, the classic German ones that can be a bit too much. Yeah. And like I know Paul always goes on about going to Torside for their smoke fest. Oh, and I think like, it's sold um, out for that already. Yeah, I know. And and this is the thing. It's like much as I I do like the odd smoke beer, a whole festival of smoke beer. It's yeah, wow, it's, it's quite niche, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think just to say towards the end of this, I think mentioning um, Hollow Tree is really good actually because um, yeah, you know, Derbyshire has always been famous for. For beer making for a long time mm. but up until recently from a craft beer perspective it wasn't that no. great no. you know you, you you'd sit there and you had i don't know mr grundy's you had dancing uh, yeah duck and you had you had sort of mm. some some good breweries but as a as a craft and i'm mm-hmm. just thinking now with the you know, likes of of of, of Kreitch and, and the hollow tree and pentridge uh, just down the hill yeah, from these yeah. like just very yeah. recently, mm-hmm. fairly recently mm-hmm. on the scene, with, with with Pentridge, I'm thinking Bentley Brook, mm-hmm. up in in Matlock and and Torside, that's still Derbyshire, isn't it? That, yeah, uh, but obviously a bit further away. But yeah. it is nice that we're actually starting to get mm. a brewery. When you start scene. looking about, there's loads of little breweries sort of yeah. tucked away, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, and some bigger ones. I mean, you've got the big hitters like Buxton and, and Shiny, yeah, Shiny, Shiny, yeah, 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 yeah. Some of their cans they're putting out at the moment are brilliant. Yeah, they're yeah. really, really yeah, good. No, They've moved Definitely. on loads since like disco balls, haven't they? On yes. the cast, which yeah. that was all I'd really had till sort of fairly recently. And I bought one of their cans down the beer trap, and thought that that can looks really cool. That's again nothing like the branding for disco mm. balls, and I thought I'll give it a try, and it was brilliant, like, really, really nice. Mm. So brilliant. Still, yeah, it won't be long until we can have a good proper. Proper Derbyshire craft, crawl, crawl, and and and, well, uh, and beer festival. That'd be the dream, wouldn't it? Yeah. Isn't that... the plan for the um, Derby Beer Con to be a very Derbyshire and Nottingham focused uh, beer festival this year? That's what I'm pretty Maybe. sure they're trying. That's what they're trying to yeah, do. Yeah, say that, but I think I know they've invited Tartarus. Tartarus yeah, are going to yeah. be there. Yeah, so make you think maybe we should get a ticket. Your I think, not, I, not I, I think <laughs> we yeah to you know shout out to Jack. We we probably should go really mm. go and say hello to Jack. Mm. But anyway, you could do a live podcast from there. Like, <laughs> well, I don't know whether that's such a great idea, but <laughs> it it's worth considering <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. But um, okay, well that concludes this episode of the podcast. Um, it leads us to say thank you very much, Lloyd, for your yeah, time and, and, and your effort and for the beers. Great beers. I think we'll all mm. agree we really enjoyed those. Um, before we wrap up, though, is there anything further you'd like to mention that maybe we haven't quite talked about before we sign off? Not really. No, I don't think so. We've covered most stuff. Obviously, locally, there's many places where we can get your beers. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, where, where you've got, you mentioned some events. Where, yeah, can, where so, can we see you in the next few months? So we're at the Nottingham Beer Festival. We're at the Steel City Beer Festival in Sheffield, which is the same week, which what, is boring. in October. No, uh, just cast. We've got some cast okay. going down. Okay. Uh, and then 
And then we've got Attack Takeover coming up at the Tolbert over in Ripley, which is mm-hmm. in November. Cool. Attack Takeover in the... Is it the Spotted Cow or the Brown Cow in Mansfield? Yeah, Spotted, spotted Cow. Oh, Mansfield. Something Cow. It's in Mansfield. Oh, I don't cow. know. I don't know Mansfield. <laughs> Something about a cow in Mansfield. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we've got that coming up. Uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, are they meet the brewer events, those kind of tap takeovers? The tap takeover ones are, yeah, so I'll be okay. there. So yeah. if you want to meet Lloyd in, in person. Yeah, I'll be there. You'll see me, I'll be in a t-shirt with Christ Brewer on it, <laughs> like I normally am. Yeah, and they're, they're both in uh, October, sorry, not November. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And then in December, we've got the uh, the Belper Food and Drink Festival, where we'll be in the Campbell Street Brewery Yard again, which is, uh, which is a good one to look forward to. So yeah. we'll, have, we'll have draft and cans as well. We've yeah. got our Christmas range there, which is... All a little bit silly. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to say about big, it. Any spoilers at this point? Is some big impressed oh, yeah, yeah. outs. There maybe. might well be. I'm not going to say. I'm going yeah, uh, yeah. oh, uh, to wait. I don't want to let really. too easy. But yeah, yeah there's, it's going to be four beers. All, uh, with, yeah, a bit of fun beers. So where I was saying earlier about trying to keep the beer kind of serious and sensible for everyone. These are all a little bit silly. and wow. They're all Christmasy. There's you know, Christmas in it. And, 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 yeah. I've spent all that it's like enough gimmicky beers. I We're going to mince pie. Let's <laughs> do a mince pie. Hey, oh, they're, you they're, they're, they're not. They're not as gimmicky as some Christmas beers, but they are, I'd say they're yeah. a little bit of fun. But they're yeah. still going to be made out of beer ingredients and flavoured with beer ingredients. But yeah. it's a little extra twist. So no Brussels be, sprout beers or anything. There is one called Not More Brussels, but it's a Belgian spiced pale ale. Oh, well, it's not. Definitely it's based on Brussels. And sounds, it's got Brussels on the label. I though. love the sound yeah. of that. That sounds yeah. amazing. And we've got a. Uh, a gingerbread IPA called Can't Catch Me. <laughs> and, also sounds uh, good, yeah. Yeah, which again, it's only a slight hint of ginger. Yeah, a bit of mm-hmm. like I say, I hate the, the gimmicky kind of beers. It doesn't taste like gingerbread. It's just got a little bit of a sort of bready malt and then a yeah. bit of ginger going through it. Uh, and then we've got, uh, I've still not named uh, the last one, but it's a chocolate orange imperial stout. Which we're not sure whether to call it Fanta Claus or Father Citrus. We're not uh, sure. Okay. So, You've uh, the Terry's rights. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So and then we've just got a standard kind of a traditional kind of winter ale as well called Merry Crunchmas. Wow. <laughs> so they're, see, they're all a bit silly, but they're all like proper beer still. They're proper beer. And the labels are all that wrapping paper. So nice. and they're going to be available as a four pack. So cool. The perfect Christmas gift. Actually, I've got one last question. <laughs> have, you, have you got to the point where you've you've brewed a beer because you've come up with an awesome name? Is that is that? No, yet? I haven't yet. Actually, no. So I'm sure there's no. somebody who've like come up with a brilliant name. Gone, oh crikey, we need to we need a beer to fit beer that. Yeah. Well, this, this is where the um, Sweden sour Sweden idea sour. has got to happen one day. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Right, thank you very much. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Well, that was episode 11, and this time round we had an extensive and exclusive interview with Lloyd from Crouch Brewery, our very local and probably Derbyshire's newest brewery. If you like this episode and you'd like to check out more of them or subscribe for new ones, have a look for us online or check out our Twitter and Instagram at Belper Beer Club or our website, belperbeer.club. See you next time.